0: R.V.M.
1: Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. An interesting day once again in the market trade. We saw some higher numbers on the grain complex. Flip the screen and it was lower for feeder cattle and hogs. But a mixed type of trade seen within the live cattle market. Lots of factors that are putting their fingers into this marketing pot today. No surprise. We've got a USDA report out tomorrow. We're going to talk expectations for the report. Crop progress. Inflation data also came out this morning and... And now they're kind of, you'll notice, the grains and inflation kind of working hand in hand. And something we haven't talked a lot about, prevent plant. Is the potential there for that, especially as we heard that up in North Dakota, the Red River is out of its banks in many areas once again. Lots of things that we are going to take a look at on this Wednesday with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with Stonex. So got to start out, USDA report tomorrow. That's what you would think the markets would be focusing on.
0: Yeah exactly right. And so you I kind of expected a choppy market today but uh money flow had something else to say about it once that inflation data came out this morning. And and so what was it? Basically showing higher than expected month-on-month inflation um and year-on-year inflation ticking lower but still Higher than what was anticipated, and keep in mind that year on year, you're comparing it to where we were a year ago. Well, until now, the year on year numbers have been going up rather rapidly because the previous year's numbers are rather low. Now we're starting to get into where the previous year's numbers had started to move higher. So, as a percentage, you have to have even bigger gains in order to really maintain that large percentage gains. We may see that, but we're really anticipating over the next few months, the year on year numbers will probably moderate, but the month on month numbers are still coming in hot. So what does it mean? Bottom line, it means that despite everything that we hear out of Washington, despite everything we hear out of the Federal Reserve, inflation seems to be well rooted into the economy and it's probably going to be around for a while. Um everybody likes to blame energy prices. Uh energy actually went down in this in the a month of April that was quoted today. Um so it was a negative contributing factor to inflation. Food. Food bought for consumption at home was up one percent month on month. Uh, I think the for what was bought for consumption away from home and restaurants and stuff was up six tenths of percent. Shelter, housing was up significantly. New car prices were up once again. Um, uh, transportation like airfare, etc., up big. Uh, so it was a lot of those other areas outside of energy and inflation that just seems to be well entrenched. So initially what we saw happen was a stock market which had been higher overnight. Remember, it is really corrected lower of late. Uh, been sharply lower from where our highs were for the year to date. Uh, it broke on that data. It was a surprise. We saw the VIX pop a couple of points real quick from about 32 up to 34. And remember, we've talked before when the VIX is above 30, that indicates a pretty high level of fear on Wall Street. So when that happened, we saw money immediately coming out of the grains, which had been modestly higher overnight. And then after a few minutes, they kind of Processed it and it's like wait a minute this report shows inflation's well entrenched and that money started coming back into the grains and it took off and the momentum trading computers grabbed a hold of that momentum and we saw these big double digit gains across corn soybeans and wheat right ahead of a big crop report coming up tomorrow as you indicated the stock market eventually came up as well realizing it based on what fed share Jerome Powell said last wednesday at his press conference that they've limited the amount the size of the rate hikes going forward they scaled back on the shrinking the balance sheet this economy is still heavily juiced with stimulus they're not totally withdrawing the candy jar we did see the tech sector struggle today um but the other stock indices didn't struggle as much um, because they've already done a lot of correcting they're not as vulnerable but what was uh, attractive to the fund managers was those food and energy based commodities that they can that do have a fundamental story that act as a hedge against inflation to protect the value of their portfolios.
1: You talked about inflation. Does it surprise you how much of a marriage grains and inflation seem to have as of late
0: no we've heard, that's really a historical um, relationship that's been there for many years. In fact, we can look at uh, what we call the five year break even inflation rate which is what the market believes will be the average inflation rate over the next five years and we track that against our StoneX commodity index which is a broad basket of commodities and we break it up into various sectors as well and there's a pretty strong correlation between the two as inflation expectations go higher so do the commodity prices
1: all right let's talk about um do you see any surprises uh, as you look at this report tomorrow what should we be thinking about um, when those numbers first come out. Obviously, knee-jerk reaction may be from the markets, but beyond that, what are you guys really focusing on?
0: Yeah, knee-jerk reactions would be from the computers that are reading the headlines, and then the human element comes in. Um, of course, if there are surprises, it means we didn't anticipate them, but that's the definition of surprises. But... Um, Following USDA's tendencies, they they should use the, they're expected to use the acreage from the March 31 acreage report. I don't think the planning delays will change USDA in this May report. Same thing with yields, what they used in their outlook form back in February. So it's 181 bushels for corn, 51.5 bushels per acre for soybeans that's what i expect them to go with so then it'll come down to the demand side of the equation what do they see is happening to chinese demand going forward long term what do they do with ukraine and where the war is i think they'll be very generous with ukraine's production for this year i think they'll be generous with ukraine's exports They'll be reduced from last year's levels likely, um, but they'll still, I think, be very generous expecting, giving the benefit of the doubt to Ukraine that it'll find a way to get it done. Uh, and then I think reality will start settling in in future reports regarding Ukraine. So that's why there may be a bearish surprise in there. I think USDA will increase its soybean exports.
1: It's the final Final Bell on the Rural Radio.
0: We're back with another Fontenelle feature. I'm Joe Gangwish of Fontenelle Hybrids visiting with dealer Norm Brueger in the Albion area. Norm, tell us about one of the positive aspects that you enjoy most about working with Fontenelle.
1: I feel that uh, the Fontenelle seed uh, is very consistent, year in and year out. You know, the weather in Nebraska, we got late plant, we've got drought, we've got insect pressure, and fontanelle seems to be steady. We're always kind of rolls right through all of those weather conditions, and uh, anything Mother Nature throws, it, it seems to uh, withstand the conditions that we plant in very, very well. They are wonderful to work with uh, Fontenelle people. We've had excellent district sales managers and return customers. Uh, they come back, they're satisfied. It's a real joy working with Fontenelle people.
0: And if you'd like to learn more about us, you can certainly contact Norm Brueger in the Albion area, any one of your local Fontenelle dealers, or you can find us on Facebook or by going to fontenelle.com.
1: Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield as we continue our conversation this afternoon with Arlen Suderman. Arlen is with StoneX. And we're talking a lot about where we're at on the expectations for the report tomorrow. but there's a lot of uh, other factors that are layering into what we've seen in this market trade, and that includes crop progress. Uh, no surprise, wheat is where it's at. Um, no surprise that we're starting to talk maybe prevent plant from some folks. Kind of give us your overview. What are you seeing with these numbers we keep getting every Monday on crop progress updates?
0: Well, I think the real concern for me continues to be spring wheat production or planting. I think that's the crop where we could we're most at risk of losing some acres we can't afford to lose any spring wheat acres i think that's where we're vulnerable we could see some alternative crops go in actually in the high plains of western north dakota and montana we may actually see some increase in spring wheat acres but we could see some significant decreases closer to the red river valley corn is another crop where we could see some lost acres um between north dakota south dakota and minnesota if you look at the continued rains up there and the problems up there, if the forecasts continue as are currently out there, uh, we could we could see maybe a couple million acres, maybe more, possibly go into prevent plant corn acreage is something we also cannot afford to lose. We might pick up some corn acres in a few other places, um, but overall, that I think is a possibility. Soybeans would be one crop that could see an increase in acreage. I don't really expect that in this report. That would probably be something that would show up more in the June 30th report or even later, Um, but uh, that's something we're keeping our eyes on, particularly since corn and spring wheat just really can't afford to lose any acres.
1: Looking at that, what I want to look at the what ifs real quick on that, Arlen. What if we end up losing some acres? What does that mean for our markets and the trade? What are you looking at in the near future?
0: Well, I don't think the market really starts trading this until we get a little bit deeper into the summer and the realizations maybe as we get closer to the month of June or maybe later, depending on what else is happening. Um, but it really necessitates that we have favorable weather then on the reduced acreage we have and even above trend yields but with late planting that really decreases your opportunity to get the above trend yields. Your above trend yields tend to come from early planting where you have a long growing season so I think it's going to be really tough. And so when you start losing that ability to have above trend yields, you lose acres. Then the market, and in a tight supply situation, then the market starts focusing. Okay, now we got to find a way to ration demand, and that typically happens with higher prices. And
1: higher prices sometimes are the cure, right?
0: Yeah, exactly right. It also contributes to inflation uh, and buys more acres in expansion in other parts of the world. High prices do cure high prices. But this just shows that this is probably more of a long-term commodity cycle that we're in not just a flash in the pan now, you remember 2019 when the markets really spiked in the spring of the year because of the planning delays and then once the weather cleared up the market came down and then went to more normalized levels this is a totally different type of scenario based on globally tight supplies that it's going to take some time to really fix and correct.
1: So curious. Uh, we continue to see, you know, the interaction, marriage between corn and and the, and the excuse me, I can't even spit it out. The corn and the cattle market. Having said that, kind of give us your thoughts because I know it was a producer question from earlier this week about the ebb and flow of this market and how much more pressure are we going to see heading into the summer months.
0: Yeah, it's interesting to note. You look at the cattle market, packer margins, and the estimates that we follow have pretty much gone back to normalized to to pre-pandemic levels. It's really surprising. So I guess we've passed on those big... Uh, margins to the retailers, I guess, but uh, uh, we're dealing with an upfront oversupplies type of a situation with a consumer pulling back. That is a place where we have negatively impacted demand with the high prices. The data would suggest that consumer still has money, but because of high inflation concerns about the future, they're pulling back and not using that money on meat, choosing to use it instead on trying to buy other things that they need maybe coming down the value chain on the meat side still buying meat but that coming down the value chain using their money to try to replace that car that they have or to buy a new house or something like that and so that's where the, the meat has been hurting we did see some green on the screen for cattle today It was more of a technical bounce, whereas hogs are still continuing to sell off based on that technical failure, that head and shoulders formation. And uh, so we're seeing follow-through selling there with nothing fundamentally to prove those bears wrong right now.
1: Lots of things that we looked at today in the market trade. It's going to be an interesting outside market influence as we continue on this week. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you?
0: at StoneX.com or follow me on Twitter and reach out to me there. It's Arlen, A-R-L-A-N-F-F-101.
1: And that is today's Fontenelle Final Bell. As we always remind folks, commodity futures and options do involve a substantial risk of loss, not suitable to all investors. And that's the Fontenelle Final Bell being brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers
0: on the Rural Radio Network.